Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode of Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by the disappearance of my neighbors. Instead, it's brought to you by somebody who might be able to find my neighbors, or maybe not, or is responsible for their disappearance. Gosh, I hope not. Anyway, it's uh, a pet from your local shelter. It could be a dog. It could be a cat. It could be a horse. It could be a parakeet. Who knows what kind of thing you could find there, but that thing I know you will find there is love. So you can adopt from a shelter or you can volunteer your time or you can donate money because they always need more money to take care of all the pets that are looking for their wonderful forever homes. So donate, spend time, adopt, find my neighbors. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm your host, Joe, joined as always by Steve and Devin. Yeah. And uh, of course, yeah, another mystery. Okay. Yep. Another week, another mystery. Yep. All right. So this week, uh, we've got a really intriguing story for you guys. Uh, this I know it sounds like he's sarcastic, but it's true. This is actually an interesting story. It actually is kind of an interesting story. I- I'm actually uh-huh. glad that you covered yeah. this one, Joe, because I have read up on this multiple times and been so baffled. I wasn't ready to, to dig into it, so I'm glad, uh-huh. you, I'm glad you picked it up. Yeah, yeah oh, me thanks. too. Yeah, yeah, and I finally, and I got into it, and I was convinced of uh, kind of leaning towards one thing, and then I sort of started leading towards another thing, you know? But mm-hmm. by the time I was done looking at it, you know? It's kind of interesting when it that is. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and a quick warning. Uh, we, this this uh, story does depict uh, some 
torture and unpleasant things like that. So again, if you have little ears, see a doctor. If you've got a kid around, then you might want to like turn it off till the kid's not here anymore. But so you probably want to know what the mystery is. We've been teasing, and teasing, <laughs> teasing. And that's and that'll come up right after this break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just kidding. What we're going to talk about is the strange death of Colonel Philip Shue, who was in the Air Force uh, and stationed at Lackland Air Force Base in Texas. Uh, this happened in 2003. He died in a car crash. And the circumstances of the crash were a little strange, I would say. Uh, at, at first, it looked like a straight-up traffic accident. But when the police took a closer look at his body, they found evidence that he had been tortured. Like, and not just in the distant past, but like that day. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but none, despite all that, that's kind of hinky if you ask me, uh, his death was still ruled a suicide by the Air Force, also by the local police. Also hinky. Yeah, also very hinky. There are people out there, naturally, including his widow and his friends, who think that he was murdered. Possibly. Maybe. Uh, and in fact, one judge in Texas, uh, this is a, in, a sort of pursuant to a lawsuit, uh, did declare that Philip Shue's death was a homicide, although apparently that had no legal bearing. Apparently the judge still couldn't... That was just his opinion. That was his opinion. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, but as far as the police and the Air Force are concerned, it's still suicide. Huh. But was it? Who knows? Mm. Us, I guess. Well, we'll find that out. Yeah. Yeah, well, we always solve our mysteries. Uh, first off, let me stop and give a shout out to Mr. W. I know who you are, Mr. W. It's either George W. Bush or it's Harvey Weinstein. I'm not sure which. But that's the person who suggested this story. Mr. W. is the person who suggested this story. So thanks. All right. I'll start from the beginning. Uh, Colonel Philip Shue was 54 years old. He was a psychiatrist at Lackland, uh, as I said, in Texas. He was married to Tracy Shue, who he had met in the Air Force. Uh, she, she was his second wife. She was also in the Air Force? Yeah, okay. she was. She had been. Yeah, she had. She had just recently yeah. retired. She was, had retired and was, and was a slacker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so Philip Shue divorced his first wife, Nancy Shue, in 1992. They had one son together, and as part of that divorce agreement, Nancy was allowed to keep an insurance policy on Philip for a million bucks. Wait a minute, hang on. I think we just misspoke. Nancy was not in the service. It's his second no. wife. Tracy. Yeah, that's what I said. His yeah. second wife, Tracy. Okay. Tracy. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I suddenly yeah. misconstrued what was going on. I was like, wait, yeah. did we just say that wrong? No. Uh, and so to be clear, that insurance policy was taken out in 92 when they divorced initially, correct? Or that, thereabouts. I am Prior not, to the divorce. I am not entirely sure. I thought it was prior to, but she was allowed to keep it and maintain uh -huh. it. Yeah. To be clear, um, you know, I guess the thing that I was trying to clarify was this insurance policy was taken out either before their divorce or, you know, around the time of their divorce, mm -hmm. not like five years later or no, nine yeah. or 11 years later. Yeah. Like he, 2003. Didn't, he didn't get a lawyer during the divorce. So no, she basically yeah. got whatever she wanted. And yeah. somehow yeah. in the proceedings that insurance policy was part of it yeah I, I and i assume it's it's not totally illegitimate i mean he was probably paying child support they had a son together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. probably well if you get killed we gotta need to make sure that the, the yeah. kid gets a college education and all that stuff you know it makes sense i mean you know especially you know in the air force if, yeah. if yeah. there's a probability of never, you... he wasn't active duty in terms of combat active duty but that but... can change yeah not with his line of <laughs> His line of work was I mean, not he so was a psychiatrist, but you never know. Even there, you, you never know. get some psycho guy that's a patient and he kills you, or true, you know. I mean, there's, there's, you it know, or, or you're just sitting in your office being all psychiatry and stuff, and suddenly somebody in F-15 just overshoots the runway and plows right through your office. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's danger. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's all I was trying to put the psychiatrist's office at the end of the runway. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> or really any office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, anyway, yeah. I was just trying to 
to be clear that it that had happened like in you know earlier than it wasn't like yeah. oh yeah. yeah and then two months later he died mysteriously. <laughs> yeah no I, and i'm not sure it could have actually uh, been an ongoing thing it might have been that uh, he'd been insured for like years prior to the divorce too mm-hmm. yeah I'm not, I'm not really totally sure there's no information about that out there, frankly. And there's a lot of information about this case, though, if you want to go looking for it. Yes. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that particular Bucket detail. Loads. Yeah, there is. But the insurance policy did become a little bit a little bit uh, of an issue later on. Yeah, surprise. Which we'll see. Yeah, surprise. Uh, but anyway, uh, Philip Shue had been in the Air Force for a while, and as you all know, in the military, at least in the U.S., you get to retire after 20 years, and you get to have a pension, mm-hmm. which is kind of sweet. You yeah. know, you can retire mm-hmm. pretty young and have a nice pension. My neighbors uh, yeah. are, one of them is, I think, 37. Mm-hmm. Is that true? 37? No, she's 40 and he's 47. Mm-hmm. And they're both retired mm-hmm. Navy or something like that. And it's just like... The... Oh, yeah. My dad retired from the military yeah. at 45 and then yeah. went in the private sector and makes great money because he's got that pension yeah. that's yeah. coming in on top of his it's regular great. income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's not a bad deal. It's a great deal. deal. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good deal. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, but uh, so he was planning on retiring in October 2003, uh, and he had been accepted into a program to study forensic psychiatry in Alabama. And so his plan was to finish out that program, go into private practice, make lots of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, also fill, have the pension. And also have his mm-hmm. pension and Tracy's pension. Mm-hmm. She, right. she retired with yeah, a pretty retired. decent pension yep. herself. Yep. Uh, so they had just put down an offer on a nice house in Birmingham, Alabama, which was accepted. That was about a week before his death. Mm. And I've seen pictures of the house, and it's really nice. Yeah. This big, huge two-story brick house. And like nicer huge. than yours? Nicer than mine, believe hmm. it or not. It was not. like okay. six or seven hundred grand, wasn't 690000 they were paying for it. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, for two people, frankly, it was a lot of house. Yeah. Uh, it was a huge freaking house, but whatever. Well, they were going to be making 7500 bucks a month Just uh, in combined pension. in pension alone. Oh, my gosh. And plus whatever income the two of them had from yeah. you know, whatever job. Exactly. They so, so they wasn't could afford they, it. They I just weren't going to be hurting for money. Oh, no, no, definitely not. It just seemed like a... A really big house for two people. Well, whatever, people you know. do that, though. Yeah. But uh, long and the short, though, is that at least according to Tracy, everything was going great for her and Phil. Yeah. She mm-hmm. said that Phil was happy about life, really looking forward to retirement and his new his new psychiatry practice and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and so, you know, he wasn't depressed or suicidal or anything like that. According or, to her. According to her. But then things went south. April 16th, 2003, uh, Philip and Tracy were living in the town of Bernie, Texas. That's spelled B-O-E-R-N-E. At first, I thought it was born, like the born supremacy or <gasps> something. Yeah, but it's, no. It's like, it's Bernie, like the Sanders. Yeah. Except not spelled Bernie. that way. Yeah, yeah. So it's Bernie. Uh, and that's, of course, Phil worked at Lackland. Um, Air Force by the way, Base. Yeah. And b- by the way, Bernie is about 25 miles northwest of San Antonio. Okay. And it's so. close to the Air Force Base. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of close. Um, close enough to, to commute. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Philip left the house about an hour early that day, around 5.30 a.m., because he said he wanted to get to the office early to get some paperwork done. And that was the last time Tracy saw him alive. Uh, at 8.14, uh, just a few hours later, that same morning, Phil's car was seen on Highway 10, which is a freeway that runs uh, through Bernie. It comes from San Antonio up northwest through Bernie and then off beyond into the desert and wild beyond. And so let me describe 10 first. Highway 10, when it goes through Bernie, is is two lanes in each direction. And then there's a big, huge grass meridian in between the lanes, the north and the south. So it is divided. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's so there's at least like a hundred feet wide strip of grass, 80 to 100 feet Mm -hmm. uh, in between the north and southbound lanes. So Phil was seen 
yeah. going north, northbound, uh, at mile marker 543, which would be southeast burning, and he was headed northwest. And then two guys whose names I've never been able to establish, uh, and these guys appeared on uh, CBS 48 Hours, did a special on this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two guys appeared in there. Or either that or they were actors impersonating the guys. I'm not sure which, but they didn't name them. They were they, unnamed. They were. They didn't say who they were. I mean, I, I, which is, I thought was strange. It's a conspiracy. Know? Yeah. Uh, well. Could be. I mean, maybe. So, uh, but, to clarify, I'm sorry. That would have been the way he would have been heading northwest to get to work. No, he would no. have been heading the other way to get he to would work. Have southwest. Yeah. yeah, he would have been heading southeast right, to yeah. head to work, or southeast yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he would have been heading that directions. direction to to go back to his home in Bernie. And I'm not sure okay. which which exit. There are three freeway exits to get to Bernie, uh-huh. so he would have taken one of those to get home. Right. Okay. And I'm sure. But anyone, yeah. but I it, I just wanted to be sure to mention. Yeah, he, he was, was heading not, in the wrong direction. Yeah, he was not. Yeah, he was no point. longer heading to work. That okay. is a good point. Yeah, in fact, oh, in fact, he never was seen at work that day. Right. So, and do yeah. they know? Do we know what time he was seen at that mile marker? Uh, eight fourteen. Oh, that was when it was that eight fourteen. Eight fourteen. Yeah. Okay, so, so a couple hours later. Yeah. So he's driving north uh, on Highway Ten, and these two guys see him. He's in the right lane, and then suddenly he swerves from the right lane across, left across the freeway to the median into the grass. Starts bouncing along in there and, and driving wildly through it. Uh, there's light poles uh, in there. And so he was like slaloming between a few of these light poles and stuff. And then eventually hits uh, some object. It's unclear what it was that, that actually caused him to get a little bit airborne. All so like four a big tires. bump or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so he got kind of airborne, came down, um, came back down, but kept it under control. Got back on the freeway, kept driving north. On the north. Uh, still on, on the, the northbound. On the right so side of the road? Home. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> he just thought, you this know. This is very abnormal no, driving behavior. He was along. He looks over there and says, hey, slow oh, up. Texas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it is uh, Texas. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, apparently it was unusual enough even for Texas that it attracted these guys' notice. Uh, they kept following him. He was going about 60. And he went about five, four miles north, past the Johns Road exit, uh, which you can find on, on the aerial if you look for it. And that's mile marker 539. But he continued past that mile marker. That was the last exit to Bernie, which would take him home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then continued past the underpass, which is St. John's Road. And then there's, there's an entrance from St. John's Road northbound there. So just at the, at the end of that, he cut across that and left the freeway to the right. Went across some grass onto another road. There's a parallel road there called Frontage Road. They're always called Frontage They're, Road. They, yeah, they, they are. are. Yeah. They really are. And uh, crossed that road, headed across a little more grass, and hit a stand of trees. Uh, his right front bumper of his car clipped a tree, and then his car spun clockwise around. So that would be the passenger side? Yeah, the passenger side. Okay. So that corner just clips a tree. And Becomes the pivot point. And, that, and the car just spins quite rapidly uh, around, and... Smashed into another tree, and it, the tree hit the, di- the driver's side door and really caved it in good. I mean, the car is really bent. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw any pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bent pretty good. He literally did wrap it around a tree. Uh, and he died on the spot from massive head injuries. Hmm. And, and, of course, the police showed up because, as we all know, cops are morbidly fascinated by car wrecks. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's why, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, that's the other reason they show <laughs> yeah. up. Hey, hey. Freddy, car wreck. Let's go, man. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, so they show up, and when they're done taking selfies and posting them on Facebook and stuff, they started looking at, at uh, the wreck, and they looked at his body. And obviously, they had to see if he was alive. He was obviously dead. Actually, mm-hmm. and the two anonymous guys that, that followed had stopped, and 
And that's what one of them said. So, yeah, we went up to see if he needed any help, and we just looked at him and thought, oh, no, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the non-experts agreed, yeah, he's dead. But they, they started looking at him more closely. They noticed part of his left ear had been cut off. Not like torn off in an accident, but cut off. The last joint of his left pinky finger um, had also been cut off. Ugh. And it seemed kind of unlikely he'd gotten those injuries from the wreck. And by the way, those pieces of them were not found at the crash scene, not found in the car, Okay. weirdly enough. And then they, they looked at his, his clothes. His shirt was torn, partially unbuttoned. The T-shirt underneath, they noticed, had been slipped. So he had he, it's military uniform, so he's got yeah. a button-up shirt with then a uh, always the tan T-shirt underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And the tan, the, t- the tan T-shirt had been cut basically from the neck almost to the waist. Uh, it was. Now I'm of, trying to remember in the pictures. Is it is it the the collar is still intact? So mm. it's not as if the shirt is completely cut from the neck to the down to the waistline right it's yeah. it was only a, a portion of it yeah but it's still still enough to you know, allow entree for oh yeah yeah certain, no i just to, i'm yeah. trying to make sure that we get it across that it's not as if somebody cut it from the top all the way down and it was and flapping it was open yeah no but uh, but so there's this long inexplicable cut the t-shirt's got some blood although it's the lower part of it so his head is bleeding but it's not really blood from his head it's blood from other wounds on his body not a result of the car wreck but, oh, I was going to say, it was that six-inch long yeah. cut. Yeah, he had a long cut down the middle of his chest that was not from the car wreck. It, was, it had been made with a knife or a scalpel or something. Uh, it was six inches long, about an inch wide. And when I saw it, I thought, well, he, somebody had made the cut, and then the, and then the two sides had just separated. But I was going to ask you autopsy, about that. Now, according to the autopsy, they said, no, it, it, the skin had actually been removed. So, oh. am yeah. I, wait, uh, I, I hate to dive into these kind of details early on, but I need to understand yeah. this because it's, it's been bothering me this whole time. Am I to understand, when I read the autopsy, it said that I didn't get it, mm. and I thought about it later. Does that mean somebody actually made two incisions, and they were at, say, a 45-degree angle, and where they met, that uh, completely freed that strip of skin? Mm-hmm. To be an inch wide, it would... Oh, I would... see what you're saying, yeah. No, I think that it, it looks like, if you look at the end of it, it's like two parallel cuts, and then they come together at the end. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, what I think happened is that the cuts were made, and then it was like the center, that's they, they sort of were tapered together, and then that little piece was just peeled down. Oh! Like, I, that's what I think, yeah. Oh, that's what I, yeah. I well, like my answer better, but okay, wow. I'm sorry. I yeah, <laughs> well, that's uh, that's one of the most ancient and nasty torture techniques out there, flaying somebody alive. Yeah. You've heard oh, of that, God. right? There's yeah. a reason it's effective. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's nasty. Uh, also, like, super illegal. Oh, yeah. For, like, any... I mean, you know. Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't still happen. It's true. It does, but hopefully, but less. It's less common, What's which is progress. Yeah. You know, right? Okay. Yeah. Until we go tour Guantanamo, and then we uh, find out it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, and let's see what else. Oh, yeah, one more one more little detail. Um, his nipples had been cut off. That was that was a little bit, <laughs> uh, you know, an eyebrow they, razor. Uh, I'm sorry. Again, I, we got to, like, go a little bit into this, and you may not know the answer, was it like a scalpel cut around, or was it like a pinch and slice? Uh, it was more like a scalpel cut around. Okay. And it was, it was yeah. super, super shallow. Right. Yeah, very like, shallow. You know, they took barely off, took yeah. the, the skin underneath the areola down away. It, yeah. it just kind of dished out. It wasn't as if they took a like a quarter inch or half inch. They didn't inch. just, you know, pull and... Yeah. No. No, no, no pull and lop. Okay. No, although I'm sure it was still kind oh, of Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, and see what else. Oh, also, an inter- another interesting detail. His wrists and his ankles had duct tape on them, like wrapped around them. 
mm-hmm. as if he'd been maybe bound hand and foot. Um, and there are pieces of the tape hanging off about three or four inches long. Like they, like maybe he had like broken the tape or like he had been cut free well, or... Yeah, cut it, torn it. I mean, you can, you can tear duct tape pretty easily crossways. Right. You know, I was just wondering like if you were bound, you know, hand or foot. Hand or foot, yeah. If he just like pulled them apart or... Uh, no, you can't. You, I, I'm not strong enough. Maybe you here's, are. I'm not. Here's either. the distinction we need to make. I know exactly. Devin just did the the wrist together motion. Yeah. His wrists weren't taped together. It was one wrist was taped, and then the other wrist was taped, and then somehow they appear to have been attached to each other with possibly that extra three or four inches of tape that was or, hanging, or, or it could be or taped to each... some other object. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think to, it looked more to me like because the tape in, in both both wrists was wrapped around the wrist, and there was one end hanging off. So it looked more to me like maybe he'd been tied to a chair. Yeah, okay. and so mm-hmm. the same with his ankles mm-hmm. too. You know, so it's not like they put his wrists together and right. wrapped them. His yeah. ankles together. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, or his ankles. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, well, neither, you pointed neither out. Wrist, so yeah, neither wrist nor ankles. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, okay. yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, that was. I think that's yeah. also an important distinction. Yeah, and so. Um, but he did have this duct tape on him, so that's interesting. It looked like somebody had tied him up and tortured him. Okay, now, as you can imagine, there was an autopsy. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not. Uh, that revealed that Philip Shu had lidocaine in his system. What's no lidocaine? Drugs. Lidocaine is, uh, is an anesthetic. It's a numbing agent. It's an anesthetic. Um, usually it's like uh, if, if you have to get stitches or something like that, they'll inject a little into the skin around the wound, you know, maybe, and numb it, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if they use lidocaine for dental work or not. No, Novocaine. Still Novocaine. no, that's Novocaine. Still but, Novocaine. But if you've ever had, um, like say, a mole remove, yes, that kind that, of that, stuff. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. exactly what they use it for. Mm-hmm. Or they just don't. Well, uh, they they do, but I think unless you've got you know Igor the torturer for a doctor, and that's your own fault for choosing that provider. It's true. Hey, I should have been tipped cheap, off right? when his name was yeah. Igor. Yeah. It's true. Oh well, yeah, I like these. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. So he had lidocaine oh, yeah. in his system. Oh yeah, no drugs or alcohol, okay. and, and no no illicit drugs. Uh, there there was some Benadryl, but you know he probably had allergies. Nothing too suspicious about in that. In April, one. particularly. Yeah, in April, a, yeah. yeah. In uh, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As for the lidocaine, the coroner concluded in his report that it came from a topical lidocaine cream that she had prescribed to herself a week or two before the accident. Being a psychiatrist, he had access to write prescriptions. Yeah, psychiatrists, I mean, they're essentially as, you know, as good as medical doctors. You know, mm-hmm. they can, yeah. In fact, you've got to go to medical school to be a psychiatrist, you know, so, yeah. Did anyone yeah. know why he prescribed the lidocaine cream to himself? Uh, no. That's a okay. good question. I don't know. Okay. Maybe just to get high. Uh, no, probably, probably not. not. How it works. I don't think that's how that works, but okay. Probably it's my favorite not. line in the show. That's not how it works. No. Yeah. It's not how any of this works. Yeah. Uh, some other miscellaneous items, uh, shoes, wallet was missing. I don't I, I want to say shoes, shoes were missing, but his shoes <laughs> yeah. were on him. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. His boots, he was wearing boots, not oh, that's shoes. Right. Yeah. Uh, he had, but he did have 47 bucks in cash in one pocket, uh, and a buck sm- and a half in change and a buck and a half in change also in, in the other pocket. And in one of the, and he was wearing his fatigue pants. So they had cargo pockets. Uh, there was a small flashlight, probably like a little led light. His mm-hmm. BDUs. And his BDUs. Yeah. Uh, in the car, there, there there was found one straight razor, two pocket knives, uh, a, one latex disposable glove, unused, and an unopened package of small gauge needles in the glove box. And, okay. Yeah. So just I just thought to that. So it's out. a random assortment of things. I mean, you would you, if you went into my car, there would be a hodgepodge of 
yeah, random stuff. There's probably too. a couple of pocket knives in my car, at least. There's no straight razors that I didn't remember. Yeah, it's the straight but, uh, razor and the latex glove, though I understand he worked with medical equipment, so I, know, I get why he could have had I one have on three him, pairs of latex gloves in my I know, purse. That's because I know. you abduct people. True. Yeah, but you no, I, are I, his henchmen. Too. It's not, but it's actually not that unusual. I, I, know, I know people who carry a pair of latex gloves in their car just in case there's a wreck and they need to oh. administer first aid. And, okay. And, and, you know, post-HIV and, and hepatitis to see and everything like that, uh, a lot more people are a little squeamish about coming into contact with blood. I hadn't so thought about that. it's not that, that okay. weird to have a set of gloves in your car for that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, no, seriously, yeah. I have three pairs in my, yeah. my clutch purse that you see me carrying around. Yeah. I have three pairs of gloves. I have a full first aid kit in there. I also have a bunch of gloves in my car, but I don't have any straight razors or unopened hypodermic needles. Please no. bring that purse with you to the next dress event that we have to go to and then we'll be at the table with people like, how are you doing? Oh, great. And then you can just open up your purse and start pulling out. I brought <laughs> him to the meetup. I, well, I like I'm that. like, you should have done that at CrimeCon. That no. would have been perfect. I that can next time. Yeah, I yeah. will. Yeah. I you know, some of you may have noticed the doors are locked as you put the gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I do it because first aid. I mean, I, yeah. you know, you yeah. guys know I'm Oh, yeah, super yeah. certified so, all, yeah, exactly, um, so i feel like i would like to protect myself mm-hmm. if i were to you know have to save a life but oh absolutely um, not a bad idea but yeah. yeah i mean you know there's yeah there's like okay. random stuff rattling around people's cars oh god but I, the straight razor and the, the needles are a little weird well even the needles again he had a, he was a you know he was a doctor presumably but so and that's, so what happened that's here nor, yeah what <laughs> happened that's a good question uh, the local coroner looked at the autopsy reports and looked at the other evidence uh and concluded that Shu's death was a suicide, uh, even though it looked from all appearances like she had been abducted and tortured, uh, that he'd been tied up and tortured. It looked like he had somehow escaped, driven north, trying to get away from his torturers. Uh, that's the way a lot of people see this particular story. Yeah. And frankly, that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. But nonetheless, he declared it uh, a suicide. Okay. And he based this on a few, some evidence. Okay, first of all, the, the six-inch long cut in his chest, uh, there were about a half a dozen, I think five, shallow scratch marks next to that cut. Were those at the top or the bottom? Do you remember? I think they were on the side of it. That's well, no, I, I mean, like, were they near the, the top of the incision oh, or I, near the bottom I of think the end the, of the I inc- think near the top, but okay. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, and so, it, in his mind, those appeared to be hesitation marks, which are found on uh, typically found on people who, say, cut their wrists uh, yeah. committing suicide. Yeah. And that's, you know, people sometimes, you know, can't write, commit at first, and eventually they make up their minds to do it. And, yeah, there's or hesitation and yeah, tentative, yeah. Yeah, and yeah so, I mean, hurting yourself, there's, you're going to have some hesitation no matter what. I would think so, yeah. The coroner also noted that she would be getting psychiatric treatment for depression and anxiety, which, of course, increased the risk for suicide. That, yeah. That's a weird way to say that, but yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, unfortunately. Not, yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, well, Suffering from depression and anxiety increases your risk of suicide, not the seeking of treatment for those things. Oh, well, yeah. No, right. no. That's what yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. sorry. Oh, that's I, I what I mean. It's like no, a weird yeah, way to. No, seeking treatment is probably a good idea. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. probably yeah. decreases <laughs> yeah. your chances. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, what else do you notice? You notice that Shu, when he was driving north on the freeway, drove past three exits to Bernie, which is uh, if he was actually fleeing from, from his torturers, that's what you would kind of expect him to do. To head home. Go would home? be to head home or head to the police station or I, something. I would say police station maybe but home not no. necessarily home no. you don't want to lead lead well somebody they, home yeah although they probably know where you live already anyway. yeah but, but you want to you on the just, off chance they don't you want to just get off and scream around the city until you drive past a cop you know and, you and know. they pull Which you over did. yeah 
Yeah. Well, yeah, he actually. He kind did of was asking to be pulled over. It's true. Yeah. He drove right by a cop. Yeah, I know. He did on the on the freeway. Uh, what else? Uh, and and then he wove through the light poles, as I mentioned earlier, and that was interpreted you know, by the authorities as suicidal hesitation. So he he's thinking, yeah, I'm gonna plow to that plow into that big light post right there and end it all, but then loses his nerve, swerves, you know. And so after a few tries, he says, screw it, let's get up back on the freeway, look for look for something better. I have a question. That, yeah, I uh, will talk about it in theory. And, and and so yeah, that I'm not so sure, but that's that's how that was interpreted as hesitation. He also noted uh, Shu had a working cell phone in his car and that he could have called 911 if he'd been tortured and if he was being chased. And then lastly, he noted that there was lidocaine in Shu's bloodstream, which, um, as we said, it's an anesthetic. And why would somebody who's torturing him, why would they give him lidocaine to lessen? Why would they give somebody a painkiller if they want to torture him? So they concluded that his injuries had been self-inflicted. Ugh. Yeah. So why would somebody do this? I mean, it's kind of an insane way to kill yourself. Why would you go cut off your... It's extreme. There's there's a lot involved in all it. All this yeah. self-mutilation and then you yeah. kill yourself? Why? And Well, the thinking was that maybe she wanted to make his suicide look like a murder. And uh, like he was abducted and tortured, managed to escape, and then died fleeing in his car. And well, why would he want to do that? Well, because his ex-wife Nancy had a life insurance policy on him for a million bucks. So maybe staging a suicide to look like a homicide would keep her from collecting the, on the policy. Uh, and it did cause Nancy a few headaches, by the way, although in the end she did collect on the policy. The policy didn't have that suicide writer that we talk about all the time? No. No, actually, I, apparently a lot of them don't. It's just, uh, I think there, there's some sort of a dealio where there's a waiting period. Oh, like, like you yeah. can't buy an insurance policy and then kill, and yourself, and then like kill yourself a later. month later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so there's like, I don't know, okay. six months or a year waiting period. On, okay, yeah, that makes that. sense. The, the silly thing about this is, of course, that Nancy He's not the only one that has an insurance policy on him. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there there, I mean, this this is a little wonky, but let's keep going. Yeah. I know we got a, we got more ground to cover. With a little bit. Uh, so that was the coroner's reasoning, and the, and the ruling was officially suicide. Uh, obviously, the suicide ruling didn't set too well with Phil's widow, Tracy, and, and all their friends. Uh, for one thing, they didn't think he was suicidal. Uh, also, Tracy pointed out that he'd received several threatening letters since the late 1990s, and and letters that basically said, uh, your ex is plotting to kill you for the life insurance. And so, you know, obviously that looked to her like evidence that at least that somebody was looking to kill him. I mean, a million yeah. dollars is a lot of money. It is. I mean, people I'm not have been saying killed that for I'm a lot less than that. to kill you guys for your million dollar policies, but... Yeah. Yeah. When did, that, when did I sign that contract? Yeah. I'm just very good at forging. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we've got that recorded and on the record. Dang it. Uh, oh, you know what? <laughs> it's not turned on. <laughs> nah. Uh, oh, see, there was another another weird incident that happened in June 1999. Somebody stole Philip Shue's laptop. He was uh, actually working on his master's thesis in, in at the, the library at the university library. Uh, went to t- went to go to the bathroom. Uh, when he came back, his laptop had been stolen, but the thief gave it back to him several weeks later. He left it sitting on the hood of his car in Bernie. It was parked in Bernie, and they came back, and there's his, there's his laptop. It had a threatening note on it that said not to report it to the police because if he did that, quote, others will die, unquote. So he didn't report it to the police. Oh, yeah, and by the way, the hard drive on the, on the computer had been wiped. Was it his personal uh, yeah. laptop? I, I not one was. that he might have used for work that would have had files on his mm-hmm. patients and stuff like that? No, no, it was, it was okay. his personal. He didn't have to report it to the Air Force. Okay. Uh, I have a question about this note. 
Yeah. Was it a physical note or was it a note on the computer? Uh, I do not know that. Because if it's a note on the computer that makes no sense, a lot some places I, have made it out as if it was a note left uh, written in a file in the computer, but his hard no. drive's been wiped. No. You know what I'm saying? Like no, no. I, my understanding is that it was a physical note, and okay. and, and but there, the, the reason you're probably thinking that is because they only found out about this after he died. Yeah. Because he had written some sort of an entry on it in his like, journal or whatever on his computer. Dear diary. Yeah, exactly. So he made, he actually he actually wrote something on in and it was in some sort of file on his computer. He wrote about this. It was stolen. He reported, log. Yeah, he reported it to the university police. It came back with this note. He didn't report it to the police. Okay. Which is strange when you think about it because hmm. I mean this is evidence that somebody is kind of stalking him. Don't you think? Oh yeah. I mean, if the guy stole his computer, wiped the hard drive, why would somebody do that? And then somebody knew where he was, where his car was parked, and left it sitting on his on his hood. So that's evidence to me that some some creeper is following me and knows more about me than he probably should. Yeah, but, but it still, he also, didn't report it. Yeah, I was gonna say, but also it means that that creeper probably is following you. And if you believe it's a credible threat that they are willing to hurt people that are important to you, uh-huh. they'll they will literally know if you go Maybe. to the police. Maybe I, I would probably find some sneaky way to get to to find uh, to get in contact with the police. I mean, I think it can be done if you're creative. SMS about it. text message. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, you can text the police now. Yeah. Most, not all. Yeah. Lots of police. Yeah. Stations. Yeah, we just talked about municipalities and their different levels of yeah. technological competence. I know so. the Portland police. You can actually text. Yeah, and if you're a criminal, by the way, you can also text selfies of yourself committing crimes <laughs> mm-hmm. to the police. So feel yeah. free to do that. It's perfect. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> no. 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 I mean, I love it when they, there's some story about some guy like takes a picture of himself and his homie stealing something, and you know, mm. they post it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Look at me, dog. <laughs> Did you see the one recently where a guy, a kid? was like um, they issued a warrant for his arrest or something, and he said, oh, if this post gets a 1,000 likes, I'll turn myself in. Yeah. And it got like... Oh, way more than that. So many. (laughs) So he showed up at the police station with donuts and was like, all right, here I am. I said Uh I turned myself in. Here I am. Well, anyway, you got to give the guy credit. He was a man of his word. Yeah, and donuts. Yeah, and And donuts. donuts. Yeah, that's, that's... Yeah. Well, back to our story, though. Uh, Tracy Shue, after this verdict, wanted, she wanted a big crusade. And, and there was a, that 48 Hours episode that I talked about. Was a, a big part of it was about her big crusade. Right. To you know, vindicate her husband, clear his name. And, and Tracy is the widow. The and widow. And Nancy yeah. is the ex Nancy is the ex. Okay. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. all like super like white bread names. They're kind so. of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Anyway, she goes on a crusade, as I said. Uh, she sued Nancy, uh, the ex, also sh- sued uh, USAA, the insurance company, the life insurance company. She lost the lawsuit, but the presiding judge, as I mentioned earlier, did officially offer his opinion that Phil's death was a homicide and not a suicide. But she still got paid out the bucks. Uh, Nancy got the bucks. And, and also, Tracy. And also Tracy. Yeah, she, she actually had, she got the, she got more money than anybody. She had a much bigger life insurance policy. I think hers was like $1.8 million. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Pretty, pretty decent little payout. I would hate to think of what the premiums would be for that. I do not know. Of course, life they, they insurance were, policy? It was, it was through USAA, and they were in the military. Oh, so yeah, no, that's... Probably 
because USAA sir, does it, all of it for the military. Yeah, yeah. that probably was much more affordable, which is why it was so inflated. Probably, okay, take it back. Probably so cheap that they just thought, why not bump it up to $1.8 million? I mean, that's another 2 bucks a month, you know? Yeah. I mean, really, why not? <laughs> what else? Uh, Tracy hired a third party for another autopsy uh, who was, uh, it was a consultant named Cyril Wecht. Is it Cyril? Maybe Cyril. I don't know. Uh, I think it's Cyril. Yeah, he's a he's a forensic pathologist. He's kind of one of these well-known celebrity pathologist types. Uh, he's written some books, uh, done other high-profile high cases, including uh, the JFK assassination, uh, Elvis Presley, John Benet Ramsey, and the list goes on and on. Probably seen him on TV at some point. And here's a fun little fact you maybe maybe don't know. He's the guy who discovered that JFK's brain had gone missing. He's also got a blistering tongue. Yeah, he, 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 he he really suffers no fools. Some of the uh, things that I've I've read that he's written, he's like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He's the nice version of all of the things that he says about the person. I want you to uh, know that's the nice version of me saying things like that too. I know, uh, yeah. I know you do. Yeah, listeners, now uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, more you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, back to back to Cyril. Or Cyril uh, so he's in, he appears in that forty-eight hours episode. And he noted a few, a few odd things about the death. The number one, the lidocaine and shoe system, he said, was not at a level that would make it an effective painkiller, which he felt kind of undercut the coroner's reasoning on that point that, you know, it would have you know, lessened the pain enough to, to make the torture ineffective. Uh, also, the lidocaine could not have come from that topical treatment that the coroner assumed it came from because that treatment also contains prilocaine, which was not found in shoe's blood. Hmm. Therefore, the lidocaine had to have come from somewhere else. Interesting. But uh, Weck found no injection point for the drug. Uh, he noted also that no needle or hypodermic was found in, on shoe or in the car. No bottle of lidocaine was found there. No cutting instrument capable of excising those nipples was found or making that cut in his chest. Um, okay, there were, there were, I mean, maybe the straight razor could have done it, but no blood was found on the straight razor. I, I was going to actually say is that he did admit, when we're talking about there's no injection points, uh-huh. he did admit that there was actually three prime locations that could have been ejected and then masked by the later mutilation, yeah. which is the left nipple, the right nipple, and the strip of skin down his, his chest. Oh, absolutely. So uh, it could have been injected there, and then, you know, the actual excision yeah, and absolutely. masked that entirely. Yeah, absolutely, and since that, that's kind of where the cutting happened, it wouldn't be surprising at all if that's where the injections took place. Yeah. yeah, you go to the dentist yeah. and they inject the side of your mouth that they're working on, not the other side, for yeah. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. called a local. Yeah, exactly. See so what... is lidocaine a local? Yeah, it's usually it used as a local. Okay. Yeah, I, I, just, I just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I don't know what happens if you inject it into your bloodstream, if you go numb all over, or what the hell happens. I've never You're, seen it used Just your that. bloodstream goes numb. <laughs> the rest <laughs> of you. <laughs> that would be funny, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Your little yeah. red blood cells don't know what to do because they're numb. Yeah. <laughs> I can't feel anything. Okay, but so they didn't find anything that could have caused the injuries They that did not find, had. yeah. They found the, the, the um, at least one of the knives was like a Swiss Army knife, which they, they determined was not remotely sharp enough to have done. Even brand new from the factory Swiss Army knives aren't no, sharp enough no. to cut anything. No, I, I've got a couple of those things. I like them just fine, but they, they've always been kind of dull. I've never mm-hmm. been able to get a good edge on one of those well, things. Well, they, they tell the worst stories. That's why they're so dull. Yeah, I know. Boring. Uh, but they're so reliable and they make good watches. Uh, but here's a really key point also that Wecht made, which is that the duct tape on, that was on shoes, wrists, and ankles did not have his fingerprints on it, which he said you would expect if he had taped himself up if he was faking his abduction, right? Mm-hmm. And no gloves were found in the car, except for that one that was unused. 
but right. you know, no gloves were found. And uh, and so that lack of fingerprints is an important point for a lot of people who do think that Shu died as a result of foul play. Hmm. It, it was it was it was very suspicious, suspicious enough to the doctor wecked that he thought he'd mention it. And of course, as I mentioned, one glove was found, right? Right. Okay. Also, the local sheriff, he was interviewed on 48 Hours. He was also, he had some misgivings about the whole thing. Um, he said it was not it not investigated the way it should have been. He said the state police just came in, took over the accident scene, and refused to treat it as a crime scene. Hmm. They uh, They really never even considered the possibility of foul play, he said. And so some key evidence might have been lost. They just, according to uh, him. According to him, yeah. And then the Air Force started an investigation which produced what was, what was called a psychological autopsy of Philip Shue. These are always weirdly interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So. They're kind of like the Myers-Briggs tests, but like even more like even Takes more it to another level. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's that sort of thing where you're like, I don't need to know about myself. And then you start reading and you're like five pages in and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this is so true. How is this oh, yeah. so true? This is so true. It's so scary. I'm a serial killer. Oh, oh no. No. Uh, but uh, this uh, this report was actually pretty comprehensive. It's long. I read it. Steve, you read it, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Did, did you read it, Devin? Uh, some of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was easy to skim through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. The chock full of good facts if you're researching this case. Wow. It's a lot of, a lot of good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released in May 2005, two years after he died, and it drew on the testimony of a lot of people, uh, including his doctor, his psychiatrist, uh, family and friends, uh, the autopsy reports, etc. And the conclusion of that psychological autopsy was suicide. Um, Surprise that yeah. their investigation would come up with the same thing that they said it was. I know, I know. But, um, but there it is, but yeah. Still, but still, uh, the circumstances surrounding his death were kind of sketchy. Yeah. There is at least one person who had a really good motive to murder him and who, by the way, took the fifth when she was interrogated about his death. Yep. And, of course, there were the threatening notes, the weird incident with the laptop. Um, and he, he himself had expressed some, uh, some really big fears about his life. Like, for example, he told a psychiatrist that he had started, taking all, he had started altering his route that he was taking to, to and from work. Daily. Daily, mm-hmm. exactly. He also said, Read that as you will. Yeah. He or also, take that as you will. Yeah, he also said he'd gotten a P.O. box because, uh, excuse me, a post office box. Because uh, he didn't want to use his mailbox at home because he was afraid somebody might booby trap it. And so he started That's using it. That's a little paranoid. Box. Maybe a little bit, or maybe he really has something to be worried about. Yeah, so maybe, was it murder? Well, listen, paranoia, it, whether it's correct or not, is still paranoia. True, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, so there's it's nothing real. negative about being yeah. paranoid if you're right. What's so, that absolutely. thing? Just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean they're not after me. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And so maybe somebody was. Yeah. Anyway, but suspicions about it continues to be talked about to this day, and it's, and people and it's not just on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Man, so I've seen Sorry, some, Reddit. Yeah, I see some articles in some uh, major media outlets besides Forty Eight Hours uh, talking about this very one, and a lot of people are still convinced that he was murdered. Yeah. So was he? That's our question for today. It's an interesting question. Yeah, but before we answer that question, let's take a break. The tie clip is the most versatile of accessories. Unlike its lowly cousin, the binder clip, not only can it prevent one's tie from blowing around in the wind, but it also keeps it out of the puddles of blood when kneeling over corpses. When times get tough, it can be used to close your nasal passages, blocking out the smells of the docks during a stakeout. And in moments of desperation, it works as a small and unassuming weapon during hand-to-hand combat. Why am I telling you this? 
Well, because you're about to undertake some real detective work. Try your hand with Dispatch, an interactive mystery story that really delivers. Each month, you'll receive a box of clues to decipher, and I've got to say, these snippets are more richly detailed than a plain old case file. It'll keep you busy for days. There's news clippings, journal entries, secret websites. It's totally immersive. And as the story develops month over month, you'll be able to take part unraveling clues and crime solving along detectives. It's perfect for lovers of mystery, crime stories, and games, which all you weirdos are, so you can bring the experience home. You already love listening to a good crime story. Now become part of one. Take 50% off on your first delivery with the code sideways and find special deals just for our listeners at breakoutdispatch.com sideways. That's 50% off with the code sideways at breakoutdispatch.com slash sideways. And we're back. Murder? Suicide? You be the judge. <laughs> Murder. Murder. Red rum. Yeah. Murder. Uh, all right. So what are the theories that are out there? There are several. Uh, first, and everybody's favorite, it seems like, for this one is murder. Well, it's... I mean, those look kind of like kind of kind of suspicious. I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. I want you guys to know that if I show up like this, please treat it like a murder. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now we plan to. We're going to investigate anything that happens to. We promise. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's been planting clues like this for weeks. Yeah. I, know. I really want to know what the hell she's got up her sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I decided that's what I do. That's why every day I go to my ATM and take and take out like twenty bucks, but do it like twenty times. Because you know? <laughs> I figured, well, if this is the day that I disappear, you know, well, he went to his he went to his ATM and took out like you know, yeah, yeah four hundred dollars, but he didn't. 20-buck intimates, and nobody knows why. Yeah. Uh, we know why. Yeah. no, you're crazy. It's fine. But damn. Uh, okay, so murder. So somebody, uh, this series goes, somebody abducted Colonel Shu, tortured him, and probably intended to murder him, but he managed to free himself somehow and get away, jumped his car, sped north on Highway 10, uh, maybe thinking that he was being followed, which is not an outrageous thing to think in a not situation necessarily, like that. Not necessarily, no. Yeah. Uh, hard to say what his intentions were other than to get away as fast as possible. Uh, his mind was perhaps a bit clouded from pain, maybe blood loss, maybe the lidocaine. Uh, that's hard to say. Maybe Benadryl. Maybe the Benadryl. Apparently he had a lot in his system. Yeah. It does make you sleepy. Yeah. I mean, it, that would also kind of support this whole murder theory if like he'd gotten dosed Somebody with a bunch of Benadryl to make a him... a bottle down his throat? Yeah, to make him more... And or maybe just OD him and, you know, I don't know. What's yeah, it, take to, how much? it takes a lot of Benadryl. Yeah, well, apparently he'd, he'd taken a bunch. But, uh, but you know, so he might have been a little bit out of it. Uh, but he did manage to keep the car under control uh, until he exited the freeway and hit those trees, at least. Um, and so this would make it homicide in the sense that he would not have been in that situation if not for the actions of these other people who obviously did not intend him, you know, well. But the question is, is who were those other people? Well, there are two main suspects out there. The butler yeah, that was and the that. housekeeper. And, yeah. Mrs. White. The colonel. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. He's the colonel. No, the lead pipe with the colonel. Okay. Mm. Um, so our first suspect would be Philip Shue's ex-wife, Nancy Shue, a.k.a. Nancy Timpson, uh, because she remarried to a guy named Don Timpson. And she did have a good motive to kill him, which is why so many people thought that Nancy had done it, or maybe, and still think that she did it. Uh, you know, there was that life insurance policy, and I don't know how she felt about him. And there was a divorce, of course. I don't think it was a totally amicable one. So maybe there was, no. maybe there was another motive there, just 
bitterness. I, don't I know. really I, got the feeling that they were your typical divorcees with a kid mm-hmm. stuck in the middle. You know, they they did not seem to get along. Yeah. Which, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that she wanted to kill him. Oh, you know? no. I, mean, I, know, I know lots of people who are divorced and don't want to murder anybody. Uh, but, uh, and of course, the, the, the insurance policy, of course, does not prove that she killed him or hired somebody to kill him. You know, lots of us have motives to kill people. It doesn't mean we actually do it or make us guilty of that. Yet. Yeah, not so far. Yeah. Uh, but there, although there are those letters. Uh, the only one I've actually seen is a, is a typewritten one which says, and here I'm paraphrasing, uh, I overheard your ex-wife Nancy and her husband Don talking, and they were saying that they wanted you dead for your insurance money. FYI, be careful. Signed, a friend. That, that that letter is really poorly written. Yeah. It was obviously either written on a true typewriter or some kind of word processor that did not have spell check, because there was uh, some pretty egregious errors in there. Yeah, no, it was probably typewritten, because let's let's not forget, he worked for the military. Uh-huh. You know, you probably in 2003, you probably wouldn't have found too many typewriters in civilian life, but I bet the military still had them. I was going to say like a library. Yeah. You know, because like, you know, he was at a library when the computer was yeah. returned to him, right? A campus library. Yeah. Uh, well, that one was taken from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that he that he typed that either. I mean, it's just somebody sent him this letter that was typewritten. Right, right, right. And, I just would so, think... And, like, by the way, and by the way, his, uh, I, I think his ex or her husband were actually in the military, but stationed in Florida. Yeah, because they lived yeah. in Florida. Yeah. And so right about the time that he received this letter, I think it made him think about this whole insurance thing. So he asked Nancy to cancel the insurance policy. She wouldn't. Uh, he went to the insurance company, USAA, and asked them to cancel it, and they refused. He, he even presented the notes and everything. Said, "Hey, I've, I've been getting these 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 nasty letters and stuff that are kind of scaring me, and I I, I don't want to have I don't want her having a motive to kill me." And they just said, "Dude, there's nothing we can Sucks do." Sucks to be you, but that's they, not our problem. They just said, "You got these notes, but so what? They don't prove a thing. She owns the policies. You know, it's up to her to keep them or get rid of them, and not and so." That was that. As far as the the letters, uh, I, I I don't know if any of the envelopes that came in were kept or tossed out. I'd never seen any evidence that they were kept. Or uh, by yeah, and uh, pretty much all of them were of a similar nature. I think there were four of them in all. But he kept the letters. But he kept the letters. Right, that's proof. And, and and who knows? Maybe he kept. Or he the kept at least too. four of the letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he that's true. Possibly there might have could have gotten more that we don't know about. I, yeah, it's true. I only know about the four. Uh, yeah, I would maybe toss the first. One. That's entirely possible. You, know? you would, yeah. Be like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Sure, sure dude. And then you get another one. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Mm. Then you weird. get like four more, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Except it was over the course of years that they arrived. They, yeah, uh, but they, I would still. I mean, you know, I the think, second yeah. one would maybe think, okay, more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would probably start a file and keep them there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, so she continued to try to get the policy canceled. Um, but uh, he, he was never successful in that. But it was kind of a, not, it was a micro crusade or something. I mean, it, it wasn't like it was an obsession exactly, but he was sort of working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Nancy was interrogated about, about Philip's death, uh, she pleaded the fifth. If you watch that 48 Hours episode, you'll see her on video doing it. Two of the questions were, quote, were you responsible for Philip Shue's death? Unquote. She took the fifth. And next question, quote, did you discuss with your husband Don Timpson murdering Philip Shue for insurance money, unquote. She took the fifth. 
According Listen, to 48 well, Hours, she took the fifth 20 times. We have seen more than one occasion where somebody has done that because their lawyer said, if yeah. you say anything, they're going to have a field day and they're going to try and incriminate you. Yeah. So don't give them a single thing. Oh, yeah. One of our... One of our mods talks about this in something related where um, we talk a lot about how suspicious it is that so-and-so got a lawyer, mm-hmm. right? In yeah. a case, if you, were, if you weren't guilty, you wouldn't get a lawyer. But one of the like, ah, Facebook mods talks about this it. a lot where they're like, if anybody within like a 20-mile radius of me gets murdered and I like even have a passing knowledge of this human, like I'm probably going to just contact my lawyer and be like, hey, heads up, this is how I knew this human. Uh-huh. Just in case. Yeah. You know, like, you yeah. technically, like, lawyering up yeah, a lot. You're, you're covering your bases. Yeah, yeah I think. I, yeah, I lawyering think up too. Yeah. But also, I do think it's suspicious. Oh, yeah, it is. It, uh, it does look To plead the fifth instead say. of saying no. Well, the, yeah, that's the thing. Is that if she wasn't involved, why not just answer honestly and say, I don't know anything about yeah. this. But and I also course, don't know what her lawyer was thinking. And, of course, truthfully, I mean, some of those questions, like, like, did you discuss with your husband murdering him for insurance money? I mean, they might have discussed that. Probably not seriously. I mean, at some point... Yeah, you get I, drunk one night and I talk about it? I can see you sitting around and you're saying, oh, God, you know, I'm short on money and, and, and Phil's got this million-dollar insurance. We should kill him, you know? Ha, well, ha, let's ha, be honest, you know? right? But, you know, Even I mean, we, we have on recording uh, me saying, ha-ha, I'm going to murder you guys for your insurance money. Exactly. We don't, I don't even have insurance policies on you guys. Yeah. And yet, if someone were like, uh, you know, 20 years down the road, if I did have insurance policies on you and someone were like, have you ever done that? I would have to say... Uh, Probably, I'd have to say the fifth, right? Because yeah, you don't want to yeah. say, like, yes, 20 years before I ever had an insurance policy on them, I joked on a podcast once. Yeah. Right? I mean... What happens on the podcast is real. <sighs> it's it, all I mean, real. It's recorded history. I yeah. don't know what you mean. Oh, yeah. God, that's disturbing. It, <laughs> this, it, this is, yeah. I mean, this is what we're doing. We're recording our history. And, uh, <laughs> until the internet goes away, yeah. which is not going to be too long from now. Yeah, Enjoy please go away, internet. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand pleading the fifth to that, but I don't totally understand pleading the fifth to were you responsible for his death? Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, so it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not so much that I'm saying, wow, I think she's guilty. It's that I'm just saying it doesn't quite make sense. But again, if her lawyer just told her, hey, Here's what you say. Nothing. Just say the fifth, and that's mm-hmm. it. And so, okay. And oh, and also, Nancy uh, was asked if she would take a polygraph test, and she wouldn't do that either. She's guilty. Yeah, Which pretty much nothing because polygraphs are useless. Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, but still, you know. But you can see why Nancy is is a lot of people's favorite suspect. Oh, of you course, know, you can see that. Um, but as far as I know, as I said, I think as far as I know, Nancy and her husband, Don, were in Florida when Philip Shue died. Of course, that doesn't mean they didn't hire somebody to bump him off. But as far as I know, uh, there's no evidence that she actually had anything to do with Colonel Shue's death. Uh, doesn't mean she didn't do it. And like I said, a lot of people think she did. But let's put her on hold for a minute while we talk about another suspect. Hold, please. Okay, click. Click. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, here we are. So our next suspect is Tracy Shue. Yes, the uh, the, the bereaved widow. Uh, as one commenter noted, if Nancy had a million reasons to murder Philip Shue, well, Tracy actually had twice as many. 1.8 uh, yeah. 1. 1. times as many. Yeah. Okay, close. Or as, 80% more? I don't know. Yeah. And actually, well, in some ways, Tracy would be a better candidate. Number one, she wasn't in Florida. She was she was in burning. Uh the timeline for Shue's death, when you think about it, doesn't quite add up. I mean, so he leaves the house uh, about 5.30, next spotted at 8.14. So it's 
So that's two hours and 44 minutes in, in which to do the following things. You've got to intercept Philip Shue in his car, get him out of it, take him to a nice private place where he can be taped to a chair and tortured for a while. And I see all those things, cutting off his finger, his ear, the slit in the chest, the nipples, all that stuff. It probably took a little while. Because when you torture people, you don't just like go bing, 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 bing. You want to stop and talk, like mm-hmm. in the movies. And drag it out. And so drag they, it out. They experience, if you do it fast, then it's all the pain at once, which is not the point. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. little bits at a time. Yeah, so they go through this whole torture ses- session. Uh, and then, at some point, they, of course, they take a break and leave him alone long enough for him to free himself from go his Go get bonds. a cappuccino. Yeah, they did something. Breakfast. Yeah, it's yeah. breakfast time. Breakfast then, break. Yeah, breakfast I know. Torture break. I know. It's like the, it's like these people never saw a movie, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. So they or they really saw a movie. Yeah, and it, so somehow he escapes. Uh, so added a few minutes at least for Shu to get from wherever he was in captivity to where he was spotted on Highway Ten. Uh, that's a lot of stuff to get done in a few hours. As, as you know, especially the part about leaving him alone long enough to escape. Because remember, when you leave the guy alone long enough to escape, he's got to struggle for a little bit. There's got to uh-huh. be a little drama there. Okay. And so that's a problem for me with the whole Nancy did it scenario. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least for me. But uh, at the same time, you got to also remember that he left his house a lot earlier than usual, like an hour earlier, which would you'd think would have screwed up the kidnapper's plans. If they know he always leaves the house at 6.30 a.m. for the office. They wouldn't. They and, theoretically probably would have shown up a little bit before he's supposed to leave, but not, not a huge Not an hour earlier, yeah. But, but when you think about it, if Tracy had done the deed, she wouldn't have been as constrained by time since she could have lied about when he actually left the house. True. And by the way, she would have known that he was leaving an hour early. Uh, and of course, by the way, I mean, uh, she could have just, for that matter, have chloroformed him in his sleep. Or, or Benadryl'd him. Or Benadryl'd him or tied him up or duct taped him or something. So the hired guys, that you, you know, the hit men that you've hired, they come and get him. They take him away for a little torture and murder session, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it wouldn't have been necessary in that case to intercept him in his car somehow. Remember... This was, changes the timeline from two hours and 44 minutes to... to as much eight, time eight, as it hours. takes. Ten hours, yeah, yeah, exactly. She would have had any time between, between you know, late the night before and, you know, 8.14 the next day. Uh, this also uh, makes it not necessary to intercept him in his car, which, by the way, is not as easy as we think because, remember, he was altering his route to work every day. And so you got to not, not just intercept him, but remember, he's a little paranoid, so coaxing him out of his car, you know, would be kind of difficult. But that's, again, not necessary if Tracy is involved, right? So that makes, in, in, a, in a sense, that makes Tracy a better suspect, well, right? it also adds... Um... One of the things we're not like really talking about so much is that you have to intercept his car and then have his car go to the location that he then escapes from. So like if Tracy did it, it's totally plausible that her DNA and fingerprints and all that stuff are found all over his car. Should they do a forensic investigation Mm -hmm. of his car? Because that's his wife, right? So if she's involved, she puts him in the car, drives him someplace, drags him out, and then he escapes and is like, oh, what, my car's here? Cool. Uh And escapes in that. And then, you know, if they were to do some sort of autopsy or whatever on the car, you know, she'd be like, that's my husband's car. Of course my DNA is everywhere. I drive it all the time. Yeah, I could totally see a scenario where where the guys don't even come to get him at the house. Like you said, she just puts him in in the passenger seat and drives him to the torture spot. Well, so here's a... I, you know, again, and one he, of those things. He was driving a little four-door sedan. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was, it was a Mercury size. Tracer. I yeah, think. It was, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. a smaller car. Yeah, it's just a, a fairly cheap economy kind of yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a four-door, but it would be possible if it was Tracy and Philip 
and an accomplice, they all three could have ridden in the same car to the torture location. Oh, sure. It could have also Easily. just been she brings him. I mean, yeah. so I one of those things, right, that you know is going to put me on a list or something is I Googled how much Benadryl lethal dose. <laughs> yeah, how much? Um, and it's, uh, I think it's... 10.1 milligram to, I don't know, there's some like big formula, but basically what it says is that like if you weigh 165 pounds, 757 milligrams of Benadryl will kill you. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So, That's you know, lot. it's yeah. actually, I mean, it's a lot, but um, each pill is about 25 milligrams. So if we can even assume like 800 milligrams just for like round, it's only 32 yeah. capsules. Yeah. Which is like it's a lot for you to take willingly, but like, hmm. Well, you know, actually, it's not that much. Well, and he could have been, you know, if if imagine, she had dosed him, he would have been like sleepy, and she would have been like, "Okay, Phil, let's go." Like, yeah, we're going I mean, in the car. Well, he gets he up, he's taking a shower. She goes, she goes and makes him a smoothie and dumps a, a bottle of pills in there. You know, yeah. It's like, hey, here's your smoothie, dear. Take this is why I always yeah. make my own smoothies. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I let yeah. anybody else make those things yeah. for yeah. me. Anyway, yeah. sorry. That was uh, a bit of a derailment. No, 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 but... That's fine. Um, um, there is, there's one, set, one website out there called militarycorruption.com. Sure Boy, guys these guys, they are the all over this case. something. Yeah, well, they were um, in there earlier. They've, done, they've actually done a lot of material about this case. And they're, they're totally, totally on the side of the murder theory. Uh, of as, course they as, are. As, well, as again, a lot of other people are too. I mean, seriously, I would I would say that the murder theory is the prevalent theory out there. Would you not? I mean, you guys yeah. have, you guys have done the research on this. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, I'd say it is the big theory. In their earlier write-ups, they totally took Tracy's side in this story, but then some, they had a change of heart and decided that Tracy was probably the killer after all, and not Nancy. Um, and I won't lead you through all their reasoning, but they are totally convinced that Tracy is the perp in this case. And for one thing, they do have some evidence that Tracy and Phillips' marriage was not as idyllic as Tracy has made it out to be. Uh, well, that's not uncommon in these kind of situations, though. Yeah, well, Tracy made it out to be like, oh, she, you know, he was my soulmate. And, and, but, of course, the guy's dead. And, How and, many and, times have we read yeah. similar things oh, yeah. from, from spouses of someone who had died? Oh, yeah. It's very consistent behavior. You don't say, you don't say bad things. You, you know, don't say, he was crew. such a flaming a-hole, and I'm not going <laughs> to miss him. Because yeah. that's, that's yeah. just not what you say. Yeah, but here's something else I will say is that um, just because someone is your soulmate doesn't mean that you're their soulmate. <laughs> Right? I That's mean, like, point. it's possible that she was totally telling the truth and saying, like, he was my soulmate. And what she's really saying there is, and he was trying to leave me, uh -huh. and no and way I was I going to let that yeah. happen. And so, yeah, you know? if I can't have, nobody will. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, well, where were we? No, no, I didn't mean that at yeah. all. Uh, but, uh, uh, so it wasn't as idyllic, but uh, it doesn't mean that, there's a lot, I know a lot of people that are in so-so marriages. Well, Steve, you. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was hard. Oh, just, God. I'm just kidding. Oh, and, and, and Devin, not yet, but. Soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But here's the thing, is that she made such a ruckus over this. Like, oh, she that, did. Is, that behavior doesn't match up. Well, yeah, I know. It would be a little strange, don't you think? Because she made a huge fuss. We went to court. And, oh, she, and got, she, she got CBS News interested and in, got them yeah. to interview her and make a big special about it. And you'd think if she had a hand in the killing, she would have just kept her mouth shut. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if she had actually done the deed, it was like, sweet. They declared suicide. They issued a report. 
She yeah, could have I appeared to be grieving and, and then just walked away. Yeah, but and, we. Yeah, so that's why I don't buy Tracy as the killer. I also I agree with that. I mean, like yeah. overall, but I just want to go ahead and, and add to this that like we don't know what was necessarily going behind the scenes, going on behind the scenes of this, where like you don't know what her friends were saying to her, right? You don't know what people were pushing her to do, and she might have felt obligated to do if she were. I mean, um, you know, again. Are you are you equating this to this the same situation as what was that movie Gone Girl? I Did you guys see that? No, With, I didn't um, see that one. Who uh, ben, oh, Affleck. ben Affleck? And I'm not gonna uh, screw it. It's been long enough. It doesn't matter. The spoiler alert: um, He hates his wife and he wants to leave her, and then she quote unquote disappears. And then when she comes back, he's figured out that she staged the entire thing. No, that's but, not what I'm but saying. But he is now forced to stay with her because Mm-mm. he's, you know, all of this social pressure. That's okay. not what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. more saying that, like, y- you know, you could she could have had the group of friends that are like, it's super effed up what Nancy is doing. Like, obviously, Nancy had him killed. Why aren't you more upset about this? And she was uh, like, yeah. oh, crap, now it looks suspicious that I'm not. Yeah, I, I see. I can sort of see yeah. that. I don't. And I'm she not. Have, she I might have totally actually. It, she might have actually felt safe enough that you know it's like you know. Well, they didn't. I mean, know. obviously, they didn't collect evidence from the car or anything, right? Uh, so, well, you know, some. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think they just like pulled his body out and towed it away. I mean, but, but by the yeah. time that she seemed to be raising a ruckus, she kind of knew what evidence was out there. Yeah, probably. So she could have known like oh she yeah there's nothing yeah. to link me to it yeah but and so anyway the, sorry the only yeah the only thing she had to worry about was if one of her um one of her accomplices talked that would be that would be the major worry there and uh, of course she probably had already bumped them off yeah right there yeah they're in a shallow grave somewhere out in the desert they had a car accident she could well. have had no accomplice though as well mm-hmm. Just or it could it could be yeah she did it all herself yeah that's yeah. a good point but uh, but also, as far as the whole just murder in general, I've got some issues with it. Uh, you know, for one thing, there were no defensive wound, wounds on, on his arms or his body. Like, for example, sometime when he was captured or escaped, you know, there should have been a struggle. Maybe not. I mean, if he was drugged, for example. But still, you would think there'd be some sort of signs of a struggle from when he was captured. You'd see signs around the, um, like, duct tape. On his wrists and ankles, yeah. wouldn't you? Like extra bruising and stuff? Yeah. Or stretch, uh, the material of the, should have stretched mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, duct tape that, does stretch. Yeah. And the, yeah, from the, uh, the, the photographs, it does not look like it's been strained on Mm-mm. at all, Mm-mm. really. Although, uh, you know, one thing that I, I kept thinking about for this, for the murder scenario is uh, the autopsy talks about the hesitation marks. Uh, and... I kept thinking about the fact that if his shirt had been cut open, uh, his undershirt, his could t-shirt, have been from that. It uh, could have been from somebody trying to to reach over and get him with the knife and and screwing with him, uh-huh. and then eventually cutting it open and making the the inc- uh, the excision. Where and of course, then it just happens to line up. It's like, oh, that's weird. There's several of these in a row, when in fact it's our sadistic murdering fiend. Uh-huh torturing him even more and it's misinterpreted could have been that uh, could have been yeah it could have been like hey how about i cut you right here Stop. Just, just a little oh just thing. a little one here just a little more yeah, little little more. More. yeah. oh wow yeah can't believe we did that oh mm-hmm. i know uh yeah what, what else uh, we talked about besides you, you noticed the duct tape had not been strained now but you can also see this in the in, and we talked about this already it wasn't 
the way it was wound around his wrists and ankles, uh, they were individually wrapped and everything. Again, not like individually, individually wrapped exactly, but not like the again, like he'd been maybe maybe strapped to a chair, but not yeah. his not his arms and legs strapped together or anything. So that's a little odd. The absence of fingerprints. This is a real telling point for me. The absence of, uh, on the duct tape of fingerprints from him, which was noted by Dr. Cyril Wecht, a famous celebrity pathologist. Yep. Uh, and a lot of others, it's seen as evidence that he did not stage his abduction and torture because, you know, his fingerprints not being on there. They should have been on there. But in my opinion, this is a misreading of the evidence. Yeah. Yeah, because to me, the absence of fingerprints indicates that he did stage his abduction. Because if he had been abducted and escaped, then his fingerprints should have been on the duct tape. His fingerprints his, should have been there from the escape from process. When, from, when he, from when he tore the tape, undid the tape, whatever he did to escape, Right. I can Unless see, he's I, pulled I can, and stretched, and then they. I was going to say, I can see a situation where he doesn't. If if one arm, let's say just one arm gets free, I don't care yeah. which one it is, and he reach and he can't ease, you know, if his, if they're taped behind his back in some fashion, he would have to get some sort of tool or implement. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Let's just say there's a big knife sitting there, yeah. and he reaches behind himself and cuts himself free. Mm-hmm. He would then use that same tool on his ankles rather than taking the time to grab the tape with his hands and begin the process of slowly tearing it apart. A knife mm-hmm. would go through much quicker. It would. I can see. But, uh, I can see unlikely. situations where there wouldn't be that. Like he would just, you know, cut, 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 run. Yeah. I you know I I I think that's unlikely though because I mean I think his his captors listen I've watched enough burn notice to know that that's possible. Well yeah I mean if you got really really stupid people I mean you know oh, hey not only are we so dumb we're gonna leave this guy here tied to the chair but we're gonna leave a big old knife next to him yeah let's 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 go get some Java yeah yeah <laughs> I mean so that's the problem I you know I don't I don't see any realistic scenario where he does not touch that tape at some point at least at least a couple of pieces of it I just don't see it. Um, and Unless so, he's wearing rubber gloves and applied it to himself, and it never was taped to some other object, is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So if he if he did put it on himself, then it would make sense that he applied it himself using latex disposable gloves, tossed the gloves out his car window or whatever, and actually or that, left them at the scene when he did all these things. Yeah, left it wherever he at did that. At the scene of the denippling. Yeah, yeah, and and actually using gloves to put it on would have been kind of the obvious thing to do, I guess. Uh, but again, if if somebody else had done it to him, those fingerprints should have been on there, on the tape, and they weren't. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And so... I would have imagined, though, I guess it depends on the kind of glove. Not all of them, but it seems like a lot, especially at that time, there before there was the whole latex-free glove craze, all of those gloves, they have latex on both the inside and the outside, at least some. And so I would imagine that some of that latex powder, what is the, what is the powder? It's not the... Yeah, it's not not latex powder, but it's, right, yeah, it's some sort of talcum on Right, right, but that stuff is on, all um, over the inside and the outside, and so you would imagine that there would have been some residue of that on the actual tape itself, nah. no matter who was wearing the gloves. I well, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know that they tested for that. I'm, I'm guessing they must not. Yeah, I mean, especially and, and actually, when you when you dust something for prints, it might be hard at that point to you know tell the fingerprint dust from the dust from the gloves too. It's true. At that point, so yeah, but uh, yeah, so yeah, the the duct the duct tape is mm, kind of a conundrum there. there is, uh, what else have we got to talk about? In oh, this there was also the lidocaine. Uh, remember, the, remember, if somebody had wanted to torture 
what the original coroner said, they wanted to torture him, why would they have given him, given him anesthesia? Well, that's a great point, you know, unless, of course, they just wanted to take his nipples and his pinky for sale on the black market, right? <laughs> yeah. It's right? a Lebowski kind of thing. That's a yeah. small market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if the intent was to torture, then really, truly, the lidocaine does make no sense. But if the wounds were self-inflicted, then it does. And also, speaking of self-inflicted, I mean, you guys saw the you guys saw the uh, the the autopsy report yeah. that that described the wounds to, mm -hmm. the, and they're different. They're not, and they're, when you see this on the web, it's always described as they were removed with surgical precision. And they were removed with some skill, but I wouldn't say surgical precision. Yeah, and, and, and there's a difference between the two of them. I mean, the rightmost one had a nice, even, very well-defined little little border around it where, where the cut was made. Uh-huh. And then the leftmost one, the border was more irregular and ragged. And it had more dishing to it. And it had more dishing. It was deeper, which indicates to me, like, you know, you got your strong hand, you know, the, the, the one hand is doing do both we know? Do we know it was shoe right or left-handed? That I don't know. Because don't know. I'll be honest with you, if I was, if I were to take my own nipple off, I'm right-handed, then probably my left nipple would have the much cleaner cut yeah. than I was just my thinking, right yeah. nipple. That's what yeah, I was so thinking too. Yeah. That's that's the thing I can't quite figure out is that if he was, because uh, I, I, I assumed all the same as you that it was pro he was probably left-handed because that would explain why the, the the right one was a better cut. But then again, he chops the the last joint of his of his left pinky off. So you would think he would have, you know, if he was right left-handed, he would have chopped off the right one and not the left one. Right. Yeah. That's what you would think. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, but I don't know. But, uh, but, but, but again, I, unless he had two different surgeons or maybe the surgeon was like, had some time or was kind of in a hurry on the second one or something. Well, okay. Know. So listen, I, I will also say this, that part of my job on an irregular basis requires me to cut circular holes out of paper and on some of those holes, I nail it, and it is almost a perfect circle, and you can't tell that it wasn't done by some kind of punch. Mm. And some of them look like I gave a pair of scissors to a two-year-old mm. to cut that circle out, because sometimes my aim is just off. And once you start, it's not like you can go back and fix it, because mm. you, know, you just got to keep going. Not yet. In, well, the, in the future, there will be undue scissors. Not, not yet. There will be, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like the irregularity actually speaks more towards somebody else doing it because there I could think. have been a difference right. in like the amount of struggle mm -hmm. that was put up. Well, um, hmm. so, so he holds still for one but kicks up a fuss with the other one? Well, he's like got, maybe he's got more drugs in his system for one. Maybe mm. he's, he's more in exhausted. more pain and like losing a lot more blood for the second one. Mm. So he doesn't put as much of a fight out. I mean, like they're... they're he didn't... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. There just are like, there's different circumstances that could be. Mm -hmm. He wasn't bleeding that much from the, the no. nipple removal. Just so, I mean, because it was a, a it was blood, But we don't know which wound. one happened. Like, we don't know what order, order. any of these but happened. He, we don't know. Right? No, we don't. But yeah. he would not like, have been losing massive amounts of blood from. Right, but from, it could have been like right one or left one first, right? And it's just like kind of mangled and bloody. And then they do the like chest wound and he's like. Oh my god. Okay. And then they move on to the right one. So and by that suck. time he's just like, This super hurts. And I can't he's, he's struggle. Worn he's okay. worn down. He's losing blood. I, I think uh, that's where I think that's where Joe and I Joe and I have been figuring that the nippleectomy was done one and then the other, and then at some point after that the the chest cut well, happened. Yeah, I whereas, have if, no yeah. whereas if they literally worked their way from right to left or left to right across his body, 
that would explain that. But who knows? I mean, I, really. I, I don't know. To, to me, it just says self-mutilation. Personally, it could be, but, uh, but also yeah. it could be. I mean, it's I mean, there's it, no rhyme or reason to I mean, any when of you, this. When you, when you combine that, again, it, you know, if that was the only thing, but combined with all the other things, you know, and especially the fact that lidocaine was used and there were no holes found, which means that the injections had to be done at the, where the cuts were done. I don't remember seeing this in the autopsy, and I actually don't remember reading this when I was reading about lidocaine, but taking it orally, it takes quite a while to take effect, and I would imagine mm-hmm. that they would have been able to identify that in his stomach contents, wouldn't you? Probably. I, I, I'm I, trying I, to th- I was trying to think. I, I don't even okay, know so, if it's available in any sort of oral form, is well, it? Well, no. What I'm, it, oh, it's a about, liquid. Yeah. So what my, what I'm, where I'm going with this is, let's continue to follow this narrative. Mm-hmm. Shoe is tortured. Captors go for a cappuccino break. Uh-huh. Shoe breaks free, looks over and sees the lidocaine and says, here's a whole vial of lidocaine and just downs it as a general painkiller to get into his entire body because he doesn't want to take the time to inject it. I don't know. And I, but I would think that that would like numb the hell out of your throat and your gut but probably, and not really probably first. Yeah, I, I be a good painkiller overall. Seem like, it doesn't seem like a really good idea. It's all local. Okay. Just yeah. just reading well, WebMD here. Lidocaine's local only. Well, but I, that's yeah. So if it if he had drank it, then it would not have. Okay. It wouldn't yeah. that that doesn't. I work. mean, it would enter his bloodstream it, in the same way eventually. that it would have if he had you know if it had been injected to it, locally anesthetize anytime anywhere that they were like cutting. Yeah. But swallowing it'll just make your mouth and throat and throat numb. and gut yeah. numb. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, and so... Um, and he would have known that. Yeah, he should have known that. Yeah, he was a doctor. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, the especially the lidocaine indicates self-mutilation to me. And, of course, there is, again, as you mentioned earlier, he was on when he was on Highway 10. He drove right past a cop car yeah. that was pulled over to the side, had its lights flashing and everything, and he drove right past it. Uh, so that doesn't make You would any think sense. that if he was wanting help, he would have yeah. stood on the brake. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And or or he would have, you know, or he would have just driven by and go, "Hey, pig!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll that'll get us. Smells attention. like donut. <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah. always that'll always get him. That'll so, always get him to help you. Yeah, and so I got to give the whole murder thing a fail, which kind of exonerates Nancy and Tracy both, plus any other unnamed murderers out there. I I, I don't buy the murder theory, which leaves us with a couple more theories. Uh, so our next theory is that it was suicide. Um, and like I said, the initial coroner's verdict was suicide, uh, which was presented to a, a grand jury, which has upheld the verdict. And of course, there was a psychological autopsy. And uh, what they, the psychological autopsy noted was that he'd been diagnosed by a psychiatrist, and he'd been seeing a psychiatrist since like December 1999. Right. Um, when he started having anxiety, apparently, about these letters and things and the insurance. But he was diagnosed as having panic order with agoraphobia. And, of course, they noted that uh, this kind of anxiety disorder does raise the risk of suicide. Uh, and also, he'd stopped taking at least one of his meds, which was venlafaxine. Or is that venlafaxine? I'll go with venlafaxine. Venlafaxine. He was also on con... Yeah. Oh, God, it con- sounds... Clonazepam. Yeah, yeah, which is very similar. Yeah, yeah, he was also on clonazepam, although that he did have some of that in his system uh, in the autopsy. The med- his medication history, uh, he, he originally began taking just clonazepam at half a milligram twice a day. In May 2002, less than a year before his death, 
the clonazepam was increased to three times a day, and then the, venlaf, the, the venlafaxine was added. And then at, by the time of his death, the clonazepam had been doubled again to one milligram three times a day, and, and the venlafaxine had been quadrupled. Uh, and so that kind of indicates to me that uh, his issues were like maybe worsening. Well, but these were not the only medications that they had tried. He had been on multiple medications. He'd been on some other ones too. And yeah. but every time it's every medication that he was on, I think that yeah, every one that he was on, he didn't take any more because he complained of sexual side effects, which is so common with these things. It is, yeah, but it, is. it also well, he, it's common with. He self-terminated anyway. well, yeah. the prescription. Each time he, he, it sounded, at least according to the, uh, the psychological autopsy, yeah. as if he went to his doctor and his doctor was like, so you're still taking? He's like, oh, no, I, I stopped taking that. Well, well why? Because I had problems in bed because of it. Like, he, well, he never did it under the direction of his doctor. I wonder mm. if these, like, increases were not because they were increases in symptoms, but because they, like, it wasn't working. Mm. And at some point, I think every... Everybody should do this, right? If you're on, if you're prescribed a medication for something, you need to evaluate for yourself. Am I getting a benefit from this yeah. medication? And are the side effects worth the benefit that I'm getting? For sure. Right. And yeah. if so, if, she, if he was experiencing increased side effects and perceived to be getting no actual benefits yeah. or minimal benefits from this continuing increase and increase of dosage, I think it makes sense for him to have said, I don't want to be on these anymore. Sure. No, you know, whether or not that was the right decision for him, usually you should probably yeah. like include your doctor in that conversation. But probably want to talk that's to something that, that people do. I've definitely done it before where yeah. it's like, you know what, this you just are keep putting me on medication and it's like not actually fixing anything. So like what am yeah. I even doing putting all this stuff in my body? Well, yeah. It may not but... be an increase in the symptoms so much as the trying to control the same symptoms because uh -huh. you have to give it time to kind of uh, work. Yeah. But yeah, so it just wasn't working. So keep kicking it up and kicking it up and kicking it up. Yeah. But then again, he was on fairly high levels of these, of these things when he died. And again, he yeah. stopped taking the venlafaxine. There is a withdrawal when you, when you take these drugs, apparently. Mm -hmm. Some of the other things that they noticed, so besides the drugs uh, and then him stopping taking them, there was a sort of general pattern of strangeness. Um, there was this uh, this whole thing about the notes, which nobody was really sure that he if, if they were real or if he just forged them. Yeah. And the lack of envelopes obviously made people a little suspicious. Another thing that they said, and this was written by psychiatrists, they were the ones who wrote this report, said that somebody like Shu, who was a professional himself in that business, would probably have been able to hide paranoid delusions even from his own psychiatrist. Well, if he, if yeah, he had he's, he's so it. familiar with the behavior and everything. Yeah. But, but I, you know, I, I kept looking at the list of medications that this guy was on. And I got to tell you, you two know this because I've told you this story as it was happening. But I have an elderly family member who was on, you know, as an 80-year-old person on a lot of medications because that's just the norm. And one of them happened to be a small dose um, mood altering medication. Went in and had surgery and got a whole bunch of new medications added on top. And very quickly, 
uh, developed a massive anxiety problem Uh to to the point that it was so disturbing. I was on the phone with the doctor because I had very quickly, you know, it it was such a short span of time. I could very quickly trace it back. Uh But you could see a guy like this who's on those those medications and they that that panic and that anxiety would slowly build. And then if he's bouncing up and down in dosages or then you know, self-terminating a prescription, it still takes a long time. I mean, this family member that once we got the the meds changed, I think it was like, and this is in a very short amount of time, but it was like two weeks or something of a complete medical overhaul or a prescription overhaul Mm. for everything to have come out of the system enough that behavior returned to normal or baseline. So, I mean, for a guy like this, being on that and slowly working you know, working every day with that kind of stuff, I could see him very easily hiding it and mm-hmm. being good at keeping it under his hat and and not letting anybody know what was going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, for sure. And it, I, it does sound like he had some, some issues. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to clarify, when we're talking about the psychiatrists that wrote this report, uh-huh. that's, that's psychiatrists who, they were the forensic psychologists. Right, yeah. Or psychiatrists after the fact, right? They yeah. had never spoken to him. They didn't actually have a personal relationship with him. Yeah, they, yeah, okay. they did. They spoke they... to his psychiatrist and sure. his doctor sure. and everybody and, else, but they never, yeah, yeah, and they family, never interacted wife, with yeah. But it wasn't sure. like his psychiatrist said, no. yeah, he could have been dealing with some, you know. Correct. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to clarify, because I yeah. do feel like, not to take away from what these people do, but I do feel like there's a pretty big distinction of people coming in after the fact and like saying, oh yeah, this 2020, 2020 vision obviously shows that oh. this is what this person was suffering from versus people who are people going are, through they're with dealing them. with it. Yeah. But yeah, no, these guys, but, but I think they, these guys had the vantage point of knowing things like, for example, that shoes psychiatrist didn't know. Sure. Because they totally. did, they, did, they undertook an entire investigation into yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. Like for example, one thing that they noted was the, uh, the laptop incident they thought was uh, was really kind of telling from their point of view as psychiatrists because he had he had mentioned to his doctor, Dr. Chosinski, uh, that his name was full name was Dr. Joseph Chosinski. He mentioned that it had been stolen. He never mentioned that it had been returned. Hmm. And uh, his wife never knew. His wife about never the found whole, out the any whole of incident. It. Never found any. Of it. Never knew about any of it. Yeah. Um, they thought that that was rather odd. Number one, that he didn't report it to the police. Number one, and number two, that. And he thought that, and, and and they also thought that if he had talked to Dr. Chazinski about it, that would have given him kind of an in. That would have given him some insight into perhaps his personality and his paranoid, kind of less rational side, which he never got. Apparently, Chazinski said that he was actually kind of guarded about his about his own personal life and was not was kind of noncommittal, hmm. uh, essentially. And so he never really got a lot of insights. He said into his personality, mm. you know, he treated him. And so, did he have paranoid delusions? Oh, again, we don't know. He, ta- he told Dr. Chazinski all about the increased vigilance, taking different routes to get to work and back, mm-hmm. uh, the P.O. box instead of the mailbox because of the booby trapping. And of course, uh, still with the suicide theory, uh, of course, the scratches, the the tentative, the the, the hesitation marks, are an indicator, uh, not proof, but an indicator. Uh, there is that police car he drove past, which again indicates they're not murder and torture, but just he wanted to kill himself. Uh, he he mostly appeared to have his car under control, because the guys that followed him said that he did. He swerved around and and, and slalomed a little bit between the light poles, 
Uh, got a monster truck rally for a minute, but then back on the freeway. Back on the freeway uh, and, and stayed on it. Uh, his brake lights never came on, and so that indicates that he wasn't worried about his life. He was trying to kill himself. And they also looked at some of the other things like they were seen as big positives, like, you know, he's, he's retiring, he's got this cool new job he's going to get, and he's got this cool new house that they were buying. But from another point of view, that could be seen as, well, a big scary new mortgage. This new career in private practice. Well, he had been in private practice before he went back into the Air Force. He, he actually went in and then left and then came back later when he tried private practice as a psychiatrist and it failed. This was his third stint in the Air Force. Yeah. Because he had so, been in for four years, got out for a couple, went back in, yeah. got out for about 10 more years when he, when he got his degree. Yeah. And then went back in. So yeah. he had large, and during one of the, and during that second, tenure of not being in the, the Air Force, that's yeah. when he went into private practice. Yeah, and it didn't work out so well. So yeah, so so that was maybe mm, kind of a scary prospect yeah, for him. Yeah, but and, on the other hand, he was retiring with pension, so it's yeah. not like as scary. Like, he had a yeah. backup. He had a hell of a golden parachute. Yeah. He, no, yeah, I mean, the, the two combined uh, pensions were good. I mean, obviously, if that hadn't worked out, then they probably would have had to get rid of the, the enormous house. Because that was way too big a mortgage for there, even for that that seventy five hundred a buck, hundred oh, yeah. bucks a month. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still way too much mortgage there. And but another big issue that I have with the suicide theory is that uh, Colonel Shu was wearing his seatbelt, uh, and he was driving a car that had airbags. Although, but it had front airbags. It had front airbags. It and wouldn't. I, have, they didn't have side airbags. No, they, actually, the Mercury. Uh, this one did have side airbags. You positive but, about that? Yeah, I checked. Because this is a. It was a. Wasn't it like a 1995? It was a 95. Yeah. No, I, I. I did a little research on it. Apparently, that that particular model was the Mercury Tracer, in in the 93 models and on. Apparently, they they had originally automatic seat belts. Right. Remember those? Remember yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those were the most annoying thing in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they phased those out, apparently, in the 93 models and, and, and replaced them with uh, side airbags, at least driver's side airbags. I, I'm i not sure that every one of them had that, but okay. Maybe not. Uh, well, the, the, it's, the Tracer is equivalent to the Ford Escort. Well, That's okay. what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But here's what I'll say is that, like, I don't... The airbag thing, like, fine, whatever. Like, but the airbags weren't enough to save him. Cars have no. airbags, fine. But, like, if he was trying to kill himself in a car, he, like, yeah, why buckle the seatbelt? Well, yeah, exactly. That's what that's a problem that I have. But but here's here's what it comes down to is we have, you know, in, in all tellings of this, there are essentially two big theories, murder, suicide. But you have a but third. I have a third one. Yeah. Wait, wait. I, I actually yeah. still have something on suicide, well, which is the lidocaine. Okay, if he did, if he did self-inject in one of the wound sites, so we couldn't mm-hmm. see the, the syringe points or the the entry points of that, uh-huh. I was. If you look at side effects of intravenous uh, lidocaine application, okay, there's sleepiness, muscle twitching, confusion. Changes in vision, numbness, which is pretty obvious, tingling, which is pretty obvious, and vomiting. So he could have maybe self-administered that and injected it, and that could have helped him along the path because he may have been like, "I'm going to, I'm going to take myself out," mm-hmm. and then gets a little more confused, which is why he's swerving down the road when his intention is to, you know, to plow into a light pole. But then he's kind of blinky and drifty, and he actually drifts around things. I mean that that mm-hmm. could possibly be a factor in it. I know that the 
the levels that they found in him were weird, and they really they didn't seem to line up. Do you know how much Benadryl high. was found in his system? I thought it was something like, I'm probably totally wrong on this. I thought it was like about half a milligram per liter, something like that. Would you like to hear the side effects of uh, Benadryl overdose? Uh, yeah, yeah I would there? love to. Great. Extreme sleepiness, confusion, weakness, ringing in the ears, blurred vision, large pupils, dry mouth, flushing, fever, shaking, insomnia, hallucinations, and seizures. Yeah. Yeah. So Which could also... So you're thinking that... A combination of all of these drugs in his system could yeah. be the problem. Well, and yeah, there's I also, don't... I guess, like, just to toss out the suicide theory... Like a or to toss a little extra into the suicide theater theory is like, mm. what if he tried to kill himself with Benadryl, uh, woke up the next morning or didn't wake up the next morning, tried to kill himself with Benadryl somehow, yeah. and then like started having hallucinations and getting really confused and like went and did all these really crazy things and then crashed his car. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a great theory, but no. it's, yeah, it explains like yeah. some of that stuff because like who? Well, my problem with my problem with the whole thing about Benadryl and lidocaine is uh he was the guy was a doctor he had all kinds of great drugs available to him he had far far better drugs for killing yourself available than to him than like benadryl and lidocaine i think yeah, probably I mean, that's that's kind of so that's that's kind of the issue there Fair I enough, think. Yeah. yeah okay but so what's I'm your not, third but theory? again i'm not but again i'm not saying this totally this totally rules out suicide i mean he might have really wanted to kill himself okay so what's your third theory here well, I'm thinking uh, it might have just been an accident, uh, you know. It, uh, Explain. So, well, what if he staged the torture? What if he intended to get into an accident, but he didn't mean it to be fatal? Okay. So think about uh, it. First why of all, for? why for? Well, first of all, we know he really, really wanted to get that life insurance policy canceled, right? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was, first of all, he was concerned about his safety, whether that was rational or not. He was definitely concerned about it, and, and there could also be just the possibility that he really. Because maybe there's a little bit of bitterness because of the divorce. Maybe the whole idea of Nancy, maybe he has a heart attack and she cashes out, gets a sweet payout of a million bucks. Maybe that idea just, just can't stand really that. burned him. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It could be that too. I don't know. But whatever the reason, it, everybody seems to agree he really wanted that life insurance policy canceled. Uh, and, and maybe he felt even as a, even as a professional, he thought, well, the, the policy was causing him anxiety and it was like this big cloud hanging over his life. Maybe he felt like if he could somehow get that canceled, maybe he felt like his mental state would improve. Mm. And a lot of that anxiety and depression might go away, maybe. Yeah. And, which is not entirely unreasonable, the thing to think. Whether it actually would have done that, I don't know. But, uh, and so he decides to stage this kidnapping and torture and make it appear that somebody was really out to get him. Uh, and that will convince the insurance policy to drop, or the insurance company, excuse me, to drop the policy. But again, but why the car wreck? And my thinking there is that he wanted an excuse for for maybe some erratic behavior and memory loss. Mm. Because imagine, you know, you go to the cops, you know, with your with your fake torture and your duct tape and everything, and they're like looking at you and kind of asking you questions, and they eventually trip you up and stuff. But it's great. You've been in a car wreck. You could just say, "Hey, I hit my head. I hit my head. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know, dude." Also, you they're know? probably not going to question you quite as intensely if you're like. Yeah. In the hospital, you've just had this yeah, car accident. Like, you've been like cut <laughs> yeah. up. You're missing yeah. half your pinky finger and some of your ear, and you know they're going to be like, "Wow, who did this?" And you're going to be like, "I have I, no I idea." I really don't remember. And they're going like, to be like, "All yeah. right, we'll feel better, man." Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, "Okay," and which you know they're not going to go into it. No, I don't think so at all. Like again, you could, it's it's an all-purpose excuse. 
Another thing is if he if he was trying to kill himself, if he I've, I've actually traced his route up Highway 10 on Street View. He goes through uh, three overpasses that had these nice big concrete pillars that he, he could have actually plowed into, and they mm-hmm. would have done the job really nicely. Yeah. Yeah, and of course there were the light poles too. I'm sure they would have really worked well. Uh, arm, yeah, the the air Force, the armed services report took this as hesitation hesitation behavior. For me, it's like maybe he was looking for a softer target yeah. than, than a big old yeah. concrete pillar. He may have, you know, when he yeah. got airborne, when he was swerving in the median, he may, may have been like, yes, this is when I'm going to flip. Uh-huh. Crap. I corrected <laughs> I it. Flip. Okay, fine. Let's keep on looking. And uh, I got to say, if you know, if he intended to kill himself, uh, when, I, when I first read about the story, I assumed he plowed head, head on into this tree. I, no. I, I have it's, not that, seen the it's pictures. It's portrayed that way a lot. It looks like, yeah, and, and when you actually see the pictures, it's like, I'm, I'm looking at that, and I'm seeing the side of his car caved in, and one of the first questions I, had, I, I asked myself was, how exactly did he, did he do that? On purpose. How did he do that on purpose? Like, yeah. like get that tree to just cream the side of his car right like where he was sitting. Like that, you yeah. know? How did he get How did he do that? And as we all know, I said, he clipped the, the passenger side corner, the car spun around clockwise into the bigger tree and killed him really good. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe he intended to drive between those trees. He was not actually mm. driving towards the tree that he that killed him. Yeah. He was driving to the right of it, and he would have missed it. Thinking he was going to go right between... Maybe shoot, right shoot, between shoot, these two trees. The and, maybe, and maybe hit some smaller trees. And yeah, there'll be a big kaboom and everything like that. My airbag will go off, but... But it, it, but it turned out those little trees were stouter and hardier than he had planned on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that one tree, he hit it, spun, spin around to the other one. And that tree, I looked at the pictures, the tree looked like it was none the worse for the wear. <laughs> I mean, the tree was yeah. actually, the tree seemed to be doing just fine. Uh, and so that's kind of my, my thinking is that quite possibly he, he really didn't intend to kill himself. He didn't commit suicide. Or if he committed it, suicide, I guess he committed it. Well, accidental accidentally. Suicide. Yeah. Because, I mean, if he killed himself, it, it was suicide. It just... I guess. Accidental yeah. suicide is a thing. Yeah. Didn't and, quite mean it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, kind of best of both worlds. This theory. It kind of works. I yeah. mean, there's like there's still some questions, but there are lots of big questions on all of the theories for me. So, well, but you know what I I, I started thinking about as we were talking about the the last theory and and this theory, and I'm gonna walk down the road of possible psychosis. Just don't I, drive down it really fast. Right. That's yeah. why I'm walking. Okay. But I don't know a whole lot about this, and I'm gonna admit it at, at the outset. But I, I just wonder if it's the same if he's having. A, you know, there's a delusional personality or a second personality. It's almost like, remember Fight Club? Yeah. Tyler Durden, the second character yeah. in the whole movie, which he's not really a person the whole time. Spoilers. Yeah, dude. It's been a long time. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry. Yeah. But the point is that it could have been that he had something like that going on. And so he's he's got this other person that is torturing him and chasing him when in reality, while he sees somebody else doing this stuff to him, he's doing it to himself. Like mm-hmm. he's he's in some sort of altered state. And whether that alternate personality is the dominant aggressor, the one that's doing the attacking, or the victim in the whole thing, because it could be that the second the second character 
in his mind, who occasionally came out and took over, was mm. actually the one that was paranoid and running. And so you just you don't know where in his headspace he could have been. I'm just uh, I'm wondering uh, if it's if that maybe because that that's a combination of the suicide and accident. Is like one part of his brain wanted it to happen, the other part didn't, and in his struggle it happened, but it wasn't fully consciously intentional. I would. Does that make sense? I mean, uh, a I, little bit. That's 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 kind of a, a reaching further into a psyche that I think we can. I was gonna say yeah. I would need. Chuck Politic told me how it works. So. Oh, yeah. I would need to talk to some people about like realistically if that happens and what the real world. Like. I yeah. I don't know. Hollywood is real. It's not. Yes, it is. It's definitely not. And if it's written in uh, a book, it's real. And definitely and Chuck Palutnik is not. <laughs> definitely not real. Uh, I mean, yeah. he is real, but his stuff is, you know. Is so, like, I would, stuff is out there. I would definitely want to know more about, like, the real, I don't like, how yeah. that manifests in reality. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I mean, don't know. I just, I don't think there's a good theory on this case. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I mean, that's that's always possible, but it's like you know, it's hard to get. It's hard to say what was going on with the guy. Totally, he didn't seem to be actually that far around the bend. I mean, he had anxiety, which is not really that unusual. Most of us. But I mean, he, most people yeah. suffer from anxiety. He, at some he had point. It no, more he, than he should. He exhibited yeah. some really weird behavior, he like did. the whole thing on the airplane. Yeah, we didn't talk the about this, incident. but he got he got into a small mm-hmm. altercation yeah. on an airplane that landed in Chicago and they said that he smacked a stewardess on the back and then he's doing all these things like de- declining commanding a unit and all this stuff because he doesn't want to smear the service and he's got to get that taken care of like that's really 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 oddly obsessively focused on what seems like a minor thing i think he was using that it, it seems obsessive in one but it was like for him i think a, a good excuse to avoid doing something because what they were talking about was promoting him to a command post uh-huh which would have been a lot more responsibility and he might have taken a reading of his own psychic state and decided that he didn't really need that kind of pressure. Well, he also might you have know? said, you know what, I mean, though, I've got, rational... I got four months to go, yeah, I was so gonna say. I probably yeah. shouldn't take that promotion. Yeah, and so, yeah. so, so on, on the one hand, you can see it as irrational. On the one hand, it was a really totally rational response saying, hey, this might break me. I'm not going to take that command spot. Right. Mm-hmm. And but I'm going to we... make up with whatever kind of weak excuse I can come up with. I will do it. But yeah. we also all know... Like that person who's just always a martyr in their lives, uh, you know, where they're mm. always like, oh, God, I have it so hard. I couldn't possibly I can't I have to do the right thing for this, for the for the good of the greater good. I can't I couldn't possibly I give my but we all know people like that. And it's totally possible mm. that he was maybe a little bit like that. And he, you know, it wasn't like a delusional thing. He was just kind of one of those weirdos semi-drama who, queen yeah who was just uh, like no no my issues are just too big to shoulder i couldn't possibly and we're not mocking that by the way it's just no, we're, no, we're, no. i mean yeah. that we're trying to rationalize this guy's yeah. stuff so but it's yeah. impossible and we're gonna i mean we could literally sit here for another oh my god well, another two well. hours let's do it no i just no yeah. it's not yeah it's not yeah i think though that um and that's another reason i like i prefer the um I prefer the whole thing about the accident because, like, see, number one, if, assuming, for example, Nancy didn't want to kill him, he had a great way to deny her that million bucks, which is just, don't die. 
Don't yeah. kill yourself. That's it's all you had to easy. do to keep the to keep the ex from getting the million bucks. It's just start don't going to the gym you. every day. Yeah, yeah, eat, eat right. right, you know, and all that stuff. And and so well, you barring know, her killing him, but yeah. barring barring her killing him exactly. And so change your route to work every day. Yeah. But the 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 other thing reason I don't I don't buy into it, of course. And again, suicide or not always rational. Is like if so much of his anxiety came from this fear that he was going to get murdered for the money. And then, well, what's the response? I'm going to go kill myself? Dude, I thought that's what you were afraid of. Yeah. You know? And, but yeah, like you said, so, it's like not... So it's like he, he gets the worst of rational. both worlds with this. It's like he kills himself, which he was terrified of, and the ex gets a million bucks, which he didn't want to have see happen. Yeah. And so it's like, that's why I'm still liking accident over suicide. But of course, we'll never entirely probably know for 100% fact. No, we won't. But I'm, I'm certain in my own mind, at least, that he was not murdered. And not towards. I think the accent theory is a really good one. I think yeah, he, he mm-hmm. talked about Fight Club. Yeah, that could have been it too. Well, anyway, let's let's do a little housekeeping before I, so we sign off for this week. Well, naturally, uh, you're probably going to have an opinion on this. You're going to want to share it. Of course, that's okay. We have an email just for that. Thinking Sideways Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, we have a webpage, which is also, of course, called thinkingsidewayspodcast.com, where you can find our, our episodes. Uh, you can find also an episode list. It's uh, got them all right there, easy to easy to scroll through and find. And we've got we've done searchable. We've got over, yeah, it's searchable. We've got over two hundred uh, stories we've done. Uh, and you can buy merch. Ooh, merch. Yeah, like mugs and t-shirts and uh, well, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Slim Jims. No, no. <laughs> we don't sell Slim Jims. Why not? Mm-hmm. Or, nor dental dams. Yeah, lock picks. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's, and also, of course, we are on iTunes uh, and a lot of other streaming services also. You should subscribe uh, if you want to, of course. You should. No, you should. Uh, leave us a rating, a high rating, and also a review. We like that. And uh, we're also on social media. We're on Facebook, of course, where we have a group and a page. You can like the page and join the group. And there's a lot of fun discussion going on out there. And uh, we're on Twitter, where we are thinking sideways, and we are on Reddit, where, of course, we are thinking sideways. And what's going on on the Reddit, Devin? Anything good? No. No? Okay. Yeah. What have I forgotten? Anything? All right. Well, that's it for this week, so I don't have any snappy... No, I don't. All right. See you guys. Bye. Oh, bye, guys. Later, everybody.